Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. Welcome. Get your asses inside. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, the fantastic creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, I've been better. Yeah, it's been, been a crazy week, huh? It's been a yeah, bloody oh, week. <laughs> a very bloody week. Oh, my gosh. Same here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well... <laughs> Glad you came to the shop, aren't you, folks? <laughs> right. Come on in. <laughs> Come commiserate. <laughs> Come commiserate. Sit back, relax, hedge against that rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on the aforementioned financialineptitude.com or... Maybe you want to give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. Whatever floats your boat, we'll have all those links in the episode description. But our favorite place to be is come check us out on our free Discord server. We're on there all the time with a bunch of amazing, really, truly awesome people. Uh, it's just a great place to be. Totally free. Our, we don't have any paid tiers or special access areas because fuck that shite. Uh, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We don't like to monetize this. China Shop is egalitarian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, hang on, wait for you. Wait till you get to the news announcements. Oh, <laughs> the, <shit. the> show. <laughs> you start saying things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. more apt to say that the China Shop is brought to you by viewers like you. By viewers like you. <laughs> uh, when you do join that Discord server, just go ahead and uh, send us a private message or email with your mailing address, and we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Or maybe you already got some smash it yourself swag and you want more, you can always visit the shop shop. We'll have both the Discord link and the shop link in the episode description. We're just really glad you're here. It's a lot of fun and it's always better with friends. Which, Kyle, speaking of friends. Well, I feel like we have to uh we have to wish Sue Poland a uh uh, uh good luck in the new chapter of her life. <sighs> it's crazy to me to think mm-hmm. that this is happening. Yeah. I mean, it's good for her because she's, uh, I think it'll just be a lot less work for her. She's getting to that point too, where she's ready to just start, you know, going out and seeing the world. Right. She just wants to enjoy her time. Yeah. So she's still going to do loans. And if people in the shop do need help with any of that stuff, they could still message us. We can get them in contact. But uh, as far as the, the branding goes, uh, Sue will no longer be uh, advertising through us. Yeah. Look at that. We were, we were that successful. We were so <laughs> successful. She doesn't need to work anymore. So if you're looking, if you're looking for a place to throw a sponsorship, we've got a great track record. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I say Sue's still a friend of the show and uh, we still love her and wish her the best of luck in a new chapter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, whatever she's doing, she's going to crush it. She's oh, a super yes. goal getter. Yeah. 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 
Uh, let's see. Other news. Uh, other show news. Upcoming uh, episodes uh, next week will be the first episode of, how did you say it? Trade Runners 2020. Trade Runner 2022. <laughs> I think you said 2020 in the initial recordings. 2020. That'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be with Rich Friesen. The new episode will be the uh, first episode of that new miniseries is going to come out on Monday. And this series is going to be focusing on the psychology of trading. It's really good stuff. Yes. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, I'll be uh, tracking some of the, the stuff, the homework assignments through their website. And I'll be putting all my stuff up there so everybody can follow along and see what yep. I'm doing. Yep. Let's see. We also got Mika Kessel, the CEO of Empathable. That one's coming out on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That's also a good one. That was uh, definitely not a normal CEO that we talked to there. That was a really fun discussion and a little bit off the the beaten path of what we normally do. And wasn't it Micah? Did I say that? You said Mika. Uh, and also Mika, God damn it, Micah <laughs> Kessel, <laughs> CEO of Empathable, coming out Thursday or Wednesday. Yes, yes. God damn it. Uh, somewhere in there you should be able to get it. <laughs> Micah Kessel. I'm not cutting any of this. Michael Kessel. <laughs> Micah. Anyway, yeah, Three, Empathable. Two, one. <laughs> Empathable was a, that, that dude, yeah, it was a great interview. Uh, we also recorded last week with Stacking Benjamins, and I thought that episode came out today, but I think it might actually be next week. Oh, next Friday. We'll definitely keep everyone posted when uh, which Friday that'll be out once we once we figure it out for sure. That's right. We got to be guest stars on another podcast. I know. The tables were turned. And then just got a whole bunch of other great ones coming up. Dr. Hans, uh, one of your friends, Dan Springer, James Andrew, creator of Global Liquidity, and then uh, Wasatch Squatch from Twitter. All those guys will be interviewed in October. All right. Wow. We got a full docket still. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Never slows down. Right. Well, <laughs> enough about the future. But today <laughs> we have got a chewy, cheeky, cheap ass show for you today. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than percentage points lost in British bond yields. Ooh. Mm. Apologies to our UK listeners who are heavily invested in British bonds, but your yield's dropping. I still haven't seen anybody clear Anthony of any of the, uh, the insinuations you've made. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the queen couldn't take his insults anymore. She just gave up on life. That or he's finally getting Australia's revenge by tanking their currency. <laughs> if he was some Austra secret Australian agent, it'd be epic. <laughs> we called him out as a joke. Oh, God. And it turned out to be true. <laughs> and it turned out to be true. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, Kyle, our phones are tapped right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the fine Australian intelligence service known worldwide being top notch. <laughs> yeah, take that, Australia. All right. Uh, All right. What's the next bit here? Uh, folks, oh. reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook or hop on over on our, into our Discord. Got that link in the episode description. Or if you're old school, just send us an email to the number two bulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two. Or you can give us a phone call or text message to 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222-8557. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you and your friends have robbed a bank and it turns out one of your friends working for the cops, but you don't know which one. So you've all got to meet up at a warehouse and hash mm -hmm. it out. Yep. Reservoir dogs. Oh, you got it. You got it. At first, I was thinking heat, but then you said the warehouse. The warehouse. Oh, I gave yep. it away. 
gave it away. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. And Kyle, we did get a text message. Oh, really? We did. We did. We did. Paul D. texts us. I'm notorious for mishearing lyrics. A few months ago, I was listening to the podcast at one one quarter speed by mistake. Didn't really notice. The stock song came on and he heard big boobs, fresh news and earnings. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not the first time that's happened. And apparently now that's all he hears. I swear that's happened once before. Uh, like we would, I think you initially redid the re- lyrics to make it more. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fresh news. Yes, you you very well enunciated. (laughs) Big moves, moves, yes, yes, yes. fresh news and earnings. Big moves, but you know what? I think maybe. Do you think maybe I should just lean into it, re-record it as big boobs? Ah, I think it's fine. I mean, are 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 we all a fan? I mean, you could even change it to two boobs. (laughs) Two boobs, hot dudes. And burn and yearnings, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. burning yearn. <urine. laughs> <laughs> oh God, good Lord! Uh, thank you for uh, reaching out, Paul D. Uh, now that's all I'm going to hear as well. Right. Appreciate that. And now everybody else can enjoy the the dirtier side of the China shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we? Uh, we got any other messages or? I got some updates from Jeremy on uh, crypto. We can cover the crypto corner and oh, good. Good, good. the Peton update coming up later. Ooh. Excellent. All right. But first, I think we probably should talk about the bet results. We, we've we been on hiatus. Yeah, we... We weren't around last week, so it's we got a lot to catch up to do. It was, yeah, two week, a two-week bet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let me find the numbers here. Let's see. We went uh, lo- uh, short. I no, we went long. Damn it! <laughs> you sure we didn't go short? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. We're long. IBM uh, opened the week at one twenty six forty nine. Stopped us out on Friday, last Friday at one twenty three fifty, which was a good thing we put that stop there because it closed at like one eighteen. Uh, that took our total for the month to five hundred five sixteen. So we still managed to finish positive random had idcc which opened at 4571 and closed at 4042 i think this might be the worst month randoms ever had he finished at 425.94 take that random yeah it's about time it's about time (laughs) that was just a solid thumping yeah Ooh. ouch so, uh, I guess we have to see who signed up to be on Team Random and maybe come up with uh, some consequence. We can see if someone volunteers to do. I don't know if there's a silly TikTok dance or an ice bucket challenge. Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, or you and I can just, uh, you know, give ourselves a treat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think all these people telling us that they'd rather ask Random for stock advice. I think I'd like to see them uh, <laughs> see that? sharing some of this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, we should probably move on to some news because this is going yep. a little long, it seems like. Yeah, we got a lot of drops to cover. On moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose. We're just skipping to bulls trading Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls 
trading information. To agree. Tuples trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? I, I every time I hear that, I start thinking like maybe maybe I could get like a Mac Miller album going. Maybe I could do a music career again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sounds pretty good. Oh, well, I think I'll stick to the podcast for, for a bit. Right. <laughs> I don't want to put myself through that madness again. Oh, well, where should we start? Should we start with how the worst month that we just had? Uh, uh, this is the worst month in, I think, 20 years? It's been it's been rough. Sorry, it's the worst September since 2002. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about that, because I know I've, uh, I've had my worst September, <laughs> for sure, trading-wise. Uh, let's see. We draw the S and P was down one and a half percent. The Nasdaq one point five. Uh, this is the f- worst first nine months of a calendar year in twenty years. Yeah, it's been, uh, there's been some real pain. Uh, the chief market analyst at Ava Trade. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Uh, he's quoted here saying traders and investors aren't backing riskier assets because they are concerned about the slowdown in the global economy and the strong possibility of a recession occurring as a result of hawkish monetary policies set by various central banks. That sounds about right. (laughs) Definitely sounds accurate. Rampant inflation doesn't help things and uh, increasingly higher interest rates aren't helping things either. Mm. Mm -mm. Uh, Yep. Uh, But uh, core personal consumption expenditures price index was uh, released. um, Was that today? I think Friday. Yesterday, though, that was up 0.6% in August, which was a tick above the 0.5%. So that's making, that's lending more support for the Fed's current hawkish stance. And if there was any more question of a 75 bit hike coming in November, I think this is pretty much, pretty much uh, put the nail in that coffin. Yeah, yeah, put that to rest. Unless October's, uh, the, the CPI numbers that come out in October, unless those are, unless inflation has done a complete about face. Or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't see it getting much better. <laughs> yeah, inflation's done, guys. We're yeah. good. We're good. <laughs> Even if it does end up starting to ease, like what are they going to do? They're going to sit with high interest rates for a while and they're not going to bring them down. Yeah. I I wonder if they're going to put a pause on the quantitative tightening. That's what I've been wondering too. I know that with the uh, Great Britain doing something similar to support their currency, a lot of people were hoping to see something like that, but the Fed kind of came out the next day and like all last week they've been speaking and like the tone has been extremely hawkish. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going to follow suit. Like yeah. we, we played that game. We, we ran out, <laughs> we ran out of bullets. Yeah. So uh, according to Mark Haffel, the chief investment officer at UBS Global Wealth Management, uh, the only basically he wants to see an improvement. He needs to see compelling evidence that the threat from inflation is receding, which would present, permit a more dovish twist from the central banks. Yeah, I don't see it receding anytime soon. No. Honestly, I've got a story here about the Eurozone inflation just hit a record 10%. Ah, Jesus. Just keeps getting worse. Right, which 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 makes me wonder like how much can just the United States do alone? Like how much is what our Fed Federal Bank alone doing is going to affect inflation when it's clearly a global problem. We're seeing right. it everywhere. Energy prices in the Eurozone up 40.8% year on year. Uh, food, alcohol, tobacco up 11.8% from 10.6% last month. I mean, that's that's pretty harsh shit, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, every just about every segment of the 19 member euro block economy is getting hit with bad inflation. Um, their core inflation is up at 4.8 percent, um, up a half a percent from August. When was that? 4.3. So this, I mean, now the European Central Bank is going to start hiking interest rates pretty aggressive in, in October. Mm-hmm. Seema Shah, chief global strategist at Principal Global Investors, to quote her said, indeed, while headline inflation may start to ease as a result of base effects and volatile energy prices, with the unemployment rate itself at a new low, core inflation is building momentum and likely to rise further in the coming months. So that's not even, we're not even done the rising. Like we had a slowdown Uh, and now we're right back to going back up. Ouch, the pain, the pain. Yeah, No end of sight, no end in sight all over the world. (laughs) uh, The beatings will continue until morale improves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I want to cry. Well, do you want more bad news or do you want more bank news? Do we do we have any good news? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I got bad news and bank news. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear the bad news first. Well, I guess it's not all bad. Um, okay. The Hurricane Ian. <laughs> there's a massive hurricane uh, that was hitting the uh, Florida and uh, the, the southeast. Finally, something God did instead of something people did. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of surprised to see how much of an effect this would actually have on the U.S.'s GDP. Yeah, They're predicting it will shave about 0.3 percentage points off the nationwide economic growth from June to September and wow. 0.1 percentage points in the fourth quarter of the year. Wow, one hurricane. And this is 6% of Florida's economic output that's been affected. Oof. Uh, the good news that's part of the story though, is that typically after events like this, they kind of neutralize themselves. So like the economic impact ends up being more favorable as the rebuilding happens. Mm-hmm. So on the shorthand, you get some pain, like in the short time frame. but then as everyone starts rebuilding everything else, then, then more jobs and things start to open up and the economy gets stronger. Okay. So we need some more hurricanes to fix this inflation problem. <laughs> just crash and rip. <laughs> we, we can rebuild it. The one thing I was a little surprised to see, though, is that uh, I said that Florida had uh, did a good job of setting up, uh, setting aside two billion dollars to help insurance companies deal with claims. Why? Who pays that money back? Shouldn't an insurance company be able to pay all their claims? Like, isn't that kind of the requirement of being an insurance company? Should you be allowed to be that leveraged that you can't afford to help all your clients? Yeah, I don't think there an insurance company exists that if every policy they had needed to be claimed, they could cover it. I don't think that's how they work. I don't think it could work like that now that I think about it. But I mean, I guess that ah, I don't know. It just seems it seems kind of kind of fucked up that I pay I pay taxes and I pay insurance companies money, and then. Mm-hmm. When I need the insurance, the insurance goes to the state and says, hey, give me that guy's taxes so I can give it back to him. Yeah. I'll just keep his premium. Yeah. Well, you know, the very first insurance policy written in, that had, in a historical record was uh, in, in England insuring a ship that did get lost at sea. And mm-hmm. the insurance company uh, did fail to pay. So we're talking about like from from day one they were like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we're not gonna pay that policy <laughs> i didn't think that would really happen <laughs> i was just here to collect your check i'm not I don't, you don't get rich writing checks come on now ah, insurance seems like such a scam uh, and crazy too 
is more and more insurance companies won't even insure you in Florida. Really? Ah, I guess that's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. If if if, if you look at to the, if you look to the free market capitalist insurance companies, they uh, definitely believe in climate change being a big problem. Just saying, <laughs> proof is in the money. All right. What else you got for for news? Uh, China, 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 China. Uh, their factory and service surveys suggest their economy, the second biggest in the world, mind you, is also really struggling to rebound right now. Mm. Are you shocked, Kyle? I'm no. shocked. <laughs> Not at all. Though with with a headline like that, you might be you might be shocked to learn that their uh, official manufacturing purchase managers index rose to fifty point one from forty nine point four, which officially puts them in the expansion category. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I mean, suppose that makes sense. Are they uh, are they done with the lockdowns again? It, yeah, yeah, they're coming out of some lockdowns, and uh, but and but the lockdowns have significantly hurt their 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 economic situation. Yeah, things seem kind of messy over there too. Yeah, yeah, they narrowly avoided contracting in their second quarter, but it doesn't look like they're gonna they're gonna be able to dodge it for, for right. long. They're still losing momentum. Uh, their their exports are going down. Like there's less of demand right now. Uh, well, I, I imagine a lot of it's probably shifting to like India and Vietnam and some of the other places that are developing and starting to fill that role. When you shut down all your output and nobody can get mm-hmm. supply anymore, like people start to find new suppliers and they can't rely on you anymore. Yeah. Um, and the, the yuan's weak right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really constrained the, the Chinese bank's ability to, to provide monetary support. Did I see something pop up, too, about the digital yuan, yuan that if you don't spend it, it disappears? No, but that's genius. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> oh, oh, did you want to just keep your money? No, 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 no. Spend it or it's gone. Yeah, there's no hoarding money in China. Take that, Jack Ma. Yeah. So, according to Z- <laughs> Zhao Hao, chief econom- chief economist at Guitai Yunnan International, yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. I nailed all those pronunciations. Uh, <laughs> if the external demand weakens further, the Chinese economy will have to have to turn to more emphasis on domestic demand. Mm, gotcha. So we'll see. We'll see what happens again. Like pain is everywhere. I don't know how just the fed can fix this. <laughs> right. It's a global <laughs> issue everywhere. Uh, all right. Last, last story. Yeah. This one comes sure. from a Gildan 75 on our discord. I, I think I saw the same story too, but a uh, bunch of the banks, including bank of America and Goldman Sachs have been fined collectively about $1.8 billion over failures to monitor how the staff use their personal phones to talk about work. Nice. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that one. A Gildan. A Gildan? A Gildan? Yeah, well, a Gildan. You know, we, we always nail the pronunciations. Yeah, we fuck everything up. <laughs> <laughs> so they're using, like, WhatsApp in, in, and not saving right. their communications? Yeah, or they're texting on personal phones or using personal emails, things where they're not... Because they're, they're supposed to be like you're supposed to be able to submit all those communications, right? Right. When the SEC requests it, like they did, when they requested information about an off-channel communications from around 30 senior broker dealers personnel at Goldman Sachs, and found every one of them had taken part in at least some level of off-channel communications. Wow. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The penalties have been ranging from 10 to $125 million for each person that was involved. So was it like they, they reached out to Goldman Sachs and then like found out like they didn't have any of the communications and they were like, well, what about everybody else? And it's just they re- they reached out to everybody else. It's like, oh, okay. I, I'm wondering if it didn't start getting bigger as they, like, <laughs> as they started finding a problem. It's like one of those things you start pulling a thread and you unwind the whole sweater. Right, right. All of a sudden they're looking for it like, oh, wow, nobody's saving any of their communication. Yeah. And uh, it was probably whatever they were discussing off off channel was, was probably cheaper paying that fine would be my guess. <laughs> it's probably way more dick pics than you'd hope. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. What are they teaching in business school? <laughs> but thank you, Gildian75, for sending that over. Love it when people do the work for us. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Really, <laughs> it takes the edge off of this job. Well, how are we going to segue now? You know who's taking the edge off her job permanently? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Kyle, you know who can give you an edge when it comes to trading. Oh, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think there was a way. <laughs> the amazing team from Order Flow Labs, Flary, Leo, Job. Uh, who else? Who else is in Order Flow Labs? Am I missing anybody? Uh, there's Cap, Corey, Cap, and Corey. I think that's all of them. Huge group of amazing, amazing folks, uh, amazing, amazing people. Kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Chart, Motive Wave, and Ninja Trader with us. These amazing custom studies. Uh, help you out with structure and execution. They got buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, liquidity zones, everyone's favorite reconstructed tape. They are constantly adding educational content to help you use these tools and help you become a better trader. Uh, really amazing stuff. We checked it out ourselves. I know, Kyle, you use it all the time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. If you're trading futures, you've got to check them out at orderflowlabs.com or uh, at the very least, give our back to the futures. Uh, the trading series, a listen, some golden content in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Managed to plug ourselves in the plug. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting good at this. All right. Uh, all right. Two bulls and a ton of stuff is also still proud to be affiliated with trade pro Academy. Even though George is retired, TradePro is still there. That's right. Uh, TradePro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs and new and experienced independent traders, which means can learn to trade like those big institutions mm-hmm. a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. And there's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeprocademy.com or just use that affiliate link in the episode descriptions. It's a great way to support the show, improve your own knowledge and skills. And if you do join that discord, we do have those links for the 10% discount code, but I guess I don't know who you don't tell anymore. Just don't tell Donna. Oh yeah. Donna. Don't tell Donna. <laughs> The, the, the business office manager. Right. <laughs> I wonder if they've announced who the new leader is, if Vico did get the CEO spot or not. Are we allowed to talk about that, or is that something I have to edit out again? Oh, God damn it! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing it out. That's going to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we do some stock news? All right. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about big boobs, fresh news, and earnings. Talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop time. 
please don't sue us. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to start this one off with an update that we got from Yellow Man. Yes, please do. is rapidly turning into our new investigative reporter. Yes. And doing a phenomenal job. Way back. I didn't know Yellow Man was an, an, such an incredible investigator. It's funny. I forgot that we even asked these questions. <laughs> Do you remember what the the insinuation was? Uh, the new Tammy Tammy Alboran, I think, is what we were discussing. Like, it looked like maybe there was some weirdness. She worked at a law firm and then got hired at Uber to right to go work there. And Uber was involved in some kind of crazy like shenanigans. She was partner at a law firm that was conducting a thorough objective review of Uber. Well, we didn't know that at the time. I think we were just speculating. Okay. That, like, did that law firm have anything to do with Uber beforehand during this mm-hmm. uh, scandal that they were on? And it turns out that they did. <laughs> uh, Uber retained Eric Holder and Tavi, Tammy Alboran, the partners at the law firm Covington and Burlington LLP, to conduct a thorough and objective review uh, in 2017. This was after the Susan Fowler harassment case. Yeah, the day after the the blog post that she published. And June of 17, their report came out. Uh, sorry, wait, let me go back. In March of 17, Uber's board of directors unanimously approved a special committee to oversee this work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in June, the report came out. And then in March of 2018, Tammy left the law firm to go join Uber. Nine months later. And uh, then about a year later, Uber IPO'd. And then in 22, she joined Peton. So, yeah, kind of interesting that what they were hired to do was an uh, they're hired to do an investigation into the culture and the aftermath of Susan Fowler's essay on her experience with sexism and sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be an unbiased report, I believe. I thought I saw that in here somewhere. Uh- I mean, I, I assume most most of those would be tried to be assumed as unbiased. If it's a thorough and objective <laughs> review, it should be definitely, yeah, it should be unbiased. You would hope. It's kind of interesting. So either she just did such a great job uh, doing this report and the work that they decided, man, maybe we should just hire her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That, that has to be what happened. Right? So I, I, it kind of actually makes sense on Uber's perspective because bringing the person in that, that identified all these problems, because they did give them a list of stuff to do as they recommended to, to help Uber fix its problems. Mm-hmm. So maybe hiring somebody who was on the team that uh, told you this is what you need to do makes sense in that regards. Okay. Okay. It's not like she swept a bunch of stuff under the rug, it sounds like. Or maybe she did sweep some of it off the rug. I mean, who knows? Uh, certainly would want things to to get taken care of before an IPO, right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and that is definitely uh definitely looks like the motivation for hiring her. But man, a lot of stuff there. Good fucking work, Yellow Man. Yes. Yes, thank you, uh Yellow Man. I think we should uh put a link or at least put up in the Discord the the, the whole the whole document that Yellow Man put together. Uh, let's get permission from Yellow Man because there are some uh, funny comments that he's in there, inserted in there. I don't know if he wants those public too. <laughs> okay, yeah, it'd be it'd be a shame if people laughed at your good jokes, Yellow Man. It's just right, you're right, without without your <laughs> consent. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, all right, well, what other what other stocks making the news today? 
or this week or last two weeks. I think we got to talk about Apple for a minute. Okay. I I know you've got the more serious Apple story, but I'd like to lead off with uh, the headline, Apple's vice president of procurement has exited the company (laughs) after a video of him went viral on TikTok. What was he do? Oh, oh, that's what he said. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You're reading it now. Um, (laughs) What do you do for a living? (laughs) There's a TikTok star named Daniel Mack who does a series of videos where he goes up to owners of expensive cars asking them what they do for a living. Mm -hmm. And when he went up to Apple Vice President Procurement, Tony Blevins, the response was a slightly addled quote from the 1981 film author. What do you do for a living? I have rich cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. But I take weekends and major holidays off. Got a hell of a dental plan. <laughs> since which we were movie just, is this? Arthur? You never saw Arthur? I don't, which, what, I don't know. It's Dudley Moore, and he plays uh, an alcoholic rich dude who loses his money. I don't think I've seen that, no. Or, or maybe that's the second one. Maybe that's Arthur 2 on the rocks. Anyway, Dudley Moore as a rich asshole. Nice. Uh, and uh, Liza Minnelli as his love interest. Oh, um, even better. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a classic, man. You got to check that out. I don't anyway, think I've seen that. Oh, yeah, as, sure. that's on my list. As the guy singing about big boobs, fresh news and earnings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I had to wonder, like. I'm outraged. Why did he quit? Why did he have to step down over a bad joke on TikTok? I know. Uh, because it's sexist. Okay, okay. So he should have said fondled big-breasted people. Maybe mm-hmm. that might have been. Maybe that would be okay. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe maybe it's the word fondle doesn't imply consent. I don't know. I fondle with consent. I think anything that sounds similar to what Trump said about what he does when he likes women is gonna get met with uh, a reaction similar to this. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm, well, mm. and it doesn't help if you're a rich guy in general, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the video got a uh, 1.4 million views, 143,000 likes. Apple did not return requests for comment to Fox Business, who uh, wrote the article uh, that we'll have a link to. But yeah, they Apple the CEO COO Jeff Williams uh, decided to part ways and take over and re- oversee the team in the interim till they find a replacement. Uh, so this was the guy that negotiates with Apple suppliers to mm, cut their okay. company yeah. costs. That's what this gotcha. guy did. Well, Apple has not been doing too well in the markets either. And that's one thing that I think we've been pointing to is like one of the last things that needs to happen for this bear market to hopefully finish to see a company like Apple finally capitulate. Yeah. Uh, this week seems to have been the time the day, or the week it finally lost that, uh, 150 support that I've been holding on to for since uh, basically September. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it is now pushing towards 138. I got a pretty big support there. If we lose that, uh, I could see it start dropping more. We had a June June low of 130. Yeah, we're hitting 138 right now, and that sell off looks strong. Yeah, but um, yeah the the outlook for Apple has not been looking all that great. Uh, according to the analysts, they're drawing conclusions from their decision not to raise price on the uh, the new iPhone, the, the 14. 
Mm, okay. Uh, so they're thinking that that means that demand is going to be a lot less for this phone. Because they're not increasing the price? Yeah, you only increase the price when you're going to sell it out. Yeah, but the ba- the simple laws of supply and demand mean the lower the price, the higher the demand. I, that's what I mean. They're having to keep the price lower so that way they can sell it out and get rid of all their units. Normally, when their phones come out, they bump the price up. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Damn. So the the other side of that, though, is that the pro version may be getting a lot more high demand, but the entry-level models maybe not. So I think that's what the uh, the bulls are pointing to, or the people that are recommending this thing to be a buy, which is at least one person still. They've Rosenblatt, they upgraded the stock from neutral to buy. Bank of America went the other way from buy to neutral. Is mixed mixed messaging on Apple. <laughs> I think it's. I think this is the one. This is the last one we've been waiting for. Apple has been strong in the face of everything else. It's nowhere near its pre-COVID highs. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is going to be the next one to fall. When this one falls, the rest of the market's probably going to go with it. Pre pre-COVID highs of eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's going to be some pain. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other? Uh, any other stock news? I did. I did see one last story. Uh, Disney has uh, reached a deal with activist investor Third Point. Third Point is uh, obviously an activist investor company. Which you know, after talking to Kevin Rendino, to yeah, to Kevin Rendino, uh, definitely have a more nuanced view of those companies. Mm-hmm. What's strange to me, though, is they only bought point four percent of the company and that gives them a voice to put one of to put their own executive on the board. It doesn't take much to get that threshold to be eligible for that. Apparently. I guess maybe it depends on what kind of company or what I'm sure every company is different, but they they've added uh former Facebook and Instacart executive Carolyn Everson to the board of directors at over to Disney. Uh, third point has been urging Disney to spin off ESPN. It does not make sense for Disney to own that, but none of the media companies' holdings make a whole lot of sense. Well, okay, so part of the deal, third point agreed to a customary standstill, so they're not going to buy any more stock. They're saying it, it won't take a stake larger than two percent. Mm-hmm. They they won't get involved in board nominations uh, anymore. <laughs> And they've agreed to stipulations through Disney's 2024 annual shareholder meeting, according to the filing. Uh, But what I found particularly interesting was down towards the bottom of the article, in the saying, uh, Loeb, the the guy running third point, initially eyed Disney's ESPN business, saying that spinning the division off would give Disney more flexibility to pursue sports betting and other business initiatives. However, he's now reversed course. Oh, uh, we have a better understanding of ESPN's potential as a standalone business and other vertical for Disney to reach a global audience to generate ad and subscriber revenues. So it's like they bought the shares, they got their board member, and then they were like, oh, no, we're not going to spin off ESPN. <laughs> so I wonder what Disney has planned that is not public that they learned. That's my tinfoil ah, hat. Interesting. Right. They they come all hot with this idea and then they, they get on the inside and then all of a sudden they reverse course. Something's up. I mean, uh, Disney's trying to make a play for the rights for the NFL games. 
That would be crazy, right? That would probably do it. Just as crazy as Thursday's NFL thing being on Amazon Prime. I know, it's so weird. Like I keep getting, <laughs> when I watch Amazon Prime videos, they give me the ads for it. I was like, what? When did, when did NFL start streaming on Amazon? It was this year. This year. Wow. Yeah, Thursday night games. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, should we move on to some crypto? Let's talk about some crypto. Some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. Some Doji Sushi Polka Dot NFT. Now, should we uh, should we start off with an update on the uh, Voyager? Yes, yes. Update from Jeremy, please. Yeah, Jeremy sent us an update saying that Voyager has gone through the auction. FTX US won that auction. Uh, they bid 1.4 billion. Ooh. Uh, I'm trying to see what they were expecting though. So the the collapse of Three Arrows Capital caused them to lose more than 650 million on a loan to that hedge fund. But they also the court documents also show the lending platform had more than 100,000 creditors and billions of dollars in liabilities. Yikes. This is also not the first time the FTX has been looking at assets that have been laid low by market collapse. Uh, they also agreed to a deal to support BlockFi in July with options to buy for $240 million. Uh, Will that be enough to save their assets? That's what I, I'm not sure. Okay, uh, the winning bid valued at $1.4 billion comprised of the fair market value of all of Voyager's cryptocurrency at a to-be-determined date in the future. Currently, the value of all the cryptocurrency is estimated to be $1.3 billion. It's not their crypto, but that's the crypto value I guess they're holding. Okay, so if so, the people that have their crypto held by them are they getting bought out by this deal? Uh, I don't know if this is gonna change. I don't think. Let's see what it says here. Or it's like you should have should have read the fine print. It's our crypto. We're selling it. No, I don't think that's the. I I, I haven't seen any updates yet on the, like what's going to happen for the people who are in there. So. Uh, I did ask Jeremy to keep us posted if he's ever able to get his money out of there. Yeah. I hope he does. Yeah. Uh, it does say that the FTX's US bid, FTX US's bid maximizes value and minimizes the remaining duration of the company's restructuring by providing a clear path forward to, for the debtors to consummate a Chapter 11 plan and return value to the customers and other creditors. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound like they're going to, like, they're still going through a Chapter 11. Yeah, they are not out of the woods. I'm not sure I fully understand what's happening here. <laughs> uh, like, is this saving them from bankruptcy or is this helping them finish their bankruptcy? Yeah, and and if they do finish the bankruptcy, are the people, are the users going to be counted as creditors? Like, do they have to give them their crypto? Like, I don't. I would think they have to try to make them whole, but I don't know where they're going to fall on the pecking order. Right. Are there going to be some poor bastards? They're just be like, oh, no, ran out of money before we got to you. Sorry. 
Who? Yeah. What do you think is the most likely scenario? <laughs> when you're talking about lots of money, do the people typically get their fair share, or does that typically go to one or two people at the top? Who's going to get screwed? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I, f- I thought I found a, a decent story about crypto till I, till I read it, but it's all I got, so I might as well bring bring it up. Okay, uh, huge bullish momentum pushes Bitcoin above twenty k. Woo! Yeah, story on Benzinga. All right. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Yep. No. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that, uh, that Kyle, that's about the gist of the story. Oh, you read really? it, and it's, oh. it's it's just like, oh, yep, the circulating supply is nineteen point one six million Bitcoin. Huzzah! It's up eight uh, percent for the okay. week, and uh, that's about it. It, uh, it was is, just an advertisement for some future of crypto by Benzinga conference in December. I'm just trying to see what Bitcoin is actually trading at. Let's see. It's at 19,471 right now. Okay, good. I did have the right one pulled up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is at support area, I suppose. For crypto fans, I hope it stays. I got to really compress the chart to get it all in view. Yeah, right? Uh, peak at 68,000. Jesus. All right, you know, there always just comes a time when you just gotta throw your hands up in the air and say, draw, motherfucker. Um. <laughs> oh, God, I shot my foot. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> put that thing away. Air trigger, air trigger. All right, I guess I can go first. We got two weeks to choose from. Oh, so. uh, no, uh, I'll, I'll stick with mostly this week. That's okay. the only way I was right. able to pull my good out, I think. <laughs> Uh, after we did a recording with Rich, I started taking some of the recommendations uh, or started working on some of the homework assignments that we got for that. So adding set scores to my daily routine. I've been taking them multiple times a day. I've been trying to get them, like, if I can, before, during, and after a trade. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've been quite that great at it yet. But uh, that and also trying to update my daily affirmations. So I've changed that with Rich's recommendations to not use any deterministic outcomes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can already see some things that uh, that are, uh, I need to start paying attention to, just based on trying to keep that, you know, that check, that 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 pulse of my, you know, my mental state. Yes, yes. And I kind of wish I was doing this a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> what was your good? My good was I I had a great trading day where I stepped in. Made my trades uh, all according to plan. Um, really wasn't emotionally attached to the moment. When I found I was too elated, I backed off. Uh, when I calmed down later, there was just a setup that was just like screaming at me, like "Here, here, mm-hmm. please trade me." So I was like, "Oh, traded that," and had a had a day. Brought my P and L positive uh, since I started the 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 your version of the trade log that you sent me. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, that was, that was really good. That was a really solid day. I did everything as I should have as a, as a, as a pro trader. Yeah. Let's see. Bad. My bad. Oh, well, I immediately notice how my set scores change <laughs> as soon as I get into a position. That's something I'm really gonna have to work on. Mm, yeah. Like, remember how rich, when we, one of the times we talked to him where he's talked about recording yourself when you are live trading and sim trading. So you can see the difference in like just your, the way you look. Yeah. It felt like that, like, holy shit, this is starkly different. As soon as I, I, the position enters, I can feel my heart start pounding. Mm. You know, I can feel the, 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 
thoughts coming in like, oh, it's going to, is it going to hit my TP? Is it going to reverse on me? Are they going to fuck me over out of this one too? Or, you know, like, like I feel a lot of turmoil when I'm in a position. That's something that I need to work on. Yeah. Cause it doesn't lead to good decisions. No, no, inevitably it, it can't. Right. Yeah. What was your, what was your bad? Um, I'm still struggling to get a good morning routine going. Oh yeah. 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 Um, the, the, after talking to Rich and, and I know we've been mentioning him a lot and that episode's not even out yet. I know. Uh, uh you know, uh, the, what it dawned on me that my evening routine needs to be existing to help facilitate my morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to work on that a little bit, but I still haven't. Uh, managed to have a good morning routine in a long time. Right. And I'm still not there yet. So, oh man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's one of those things too. We just got to fucking do it. But man, sometimes it's hard to just, it's hard to bring yourself to, to do the things you need to do sometimes. In the evening, that's when I get all my leisure time in. So it's really right. hard for me to be like, okay, I'll go to bed at a reasonable hour when it's like, oh, this is my time though. Right. I'm the same way. And I was actually thinking about what you said with that. And like, maybe I need to adjust mine Yeah, where I'm not staying up so late every night. Yeah. Can't always live off of naps. No, no, <laughs> can't. not forever. Uh, still speaking of mentality and bad decisions, my ugly, uh, I still trade the last couple of days, even though I really shouldn't have been based on, on the, the set scores I was taking. Like I should have basically disqualified myself probably from both those days. Yeah. Uh, luckily for me, the results on Thursday were good. I actually hit a beautiful breakout trade uh, that pretty much had me done trading by, you know, before the market even opened. It was pre-market. Oh, wow. Uh, but yesterday, uh, that's, you know, that's the thing with making bad decisions. They don't always catch up to you the first time. Mm, sometimes. Yes. So, yeah, I gave back those gains and a little bit more uh, trading Friday. After not addressing the thing that I should have addressed. Yeah. <laughs> so. you, you know, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, yeah. I uh, I had a really bad night. I was up all night, tossing and turning. I just could not get any sleep. Managed to finally take enough Benadryl to, to pass out. Mm-hmm. Woke up, took my set scores, and they were terrible. So what did I do? I jumped, it, jumped in a trade. Yeah, of course. Nothing to make you feel better like a win. Oh, and I lost, and then I chased the loss, and I lost again. Oh, and, no. And and it was just like, I shouldn't, and I knew better. I knew better. I knew I shouldn't be trading at all. And mm. yeah, yeah. And then here we are. So, so I took all that, like, I'm positive, and I just turned it negative. <laughs> like, no, well, I'm not positive anymore. <laughs> the, on the plus side, you've proven you can do it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah, I have. I have, especially, especially if uh, incorporating my emotional state into it. If I'm, if I'm being honest with myself and not trading when uh, my emotions aren't in a good place to be trading, I, I hopefully will keep. It makes so much sense to do that too, to take yourself out of the game when you know your, your mind's not in it. Because what's the like one of the number one things that we heard when we first started out is. You don't have to make more money. You just have to lose less. And a lot of times you'll be profitable that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much as we're data driven, like we have, we have things that show that we're not going to be trading at peak potential. Like, why are we putting ourselves in that position? Fucking hard to just fucking take a day off though. When you're the one who's trying to make, you know, the money to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. But I got to do it, man. Just, it's going to save you money in the long run. 
Remember when Tiger Woods was going through his divorce and all of a sudden it looked like he was an amateur golfer? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or when Jordan Spieth got married and then just had to start looking like an amateur golfer. <laughs> <laughs> he started getting laid. It just killed his game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Well, should we should we make a new bet? Uh, yeah. Well, Kyle. Yeah, you got any candidates? My candidates, S- SPXS. That's probably not a bad bet. We might get a relief rally at some point, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, I was kind of surprised to see healthcare was actually rallying kind of strong. Um, if you look at Bristol-Myers-Squibb, uh, the balance area that it had been rotating in before it finally dropped out, when was that? Uh, end of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming up and testing that re- support turn resistance now. Oh, around seventy-two. So we're thinking shorting BMY. I kind of, I kind of want to take a short on BMY and see if maybe we can't target the, you know, sixty-eight and maybe even sixty-six. Okay. Well, I say go for it. Let's say let's do it. I don't have any better ideas other than shorting the market. <laughs> um, where would our stop loss be then? Um, let's see. How far is that support above it? I would say, let's see, if we're targeting 68, I don't think I want it to get much higher than like 73 or even 72, half. All right. There there it is. Let's let's put it at, uh, let's, let's split the difference, 72, 75. Here's the high that it's already at. The high was at 72, 60, 61. So yeah, 72, 75 sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. PP1, 68. Let's do 68, half. All right. Sounds good. And TP2 at 66. All right. And then a random stock. Uh, we have uh, New York Stock Exchange Healthcare, of course. Fucker. <laughs> NVRO. <laughs> Nervo. Never, Nevro Corporation. Nevro. Oh, 4660. Yeah, this has been just in one long range all year, right? hasn't it? Kind of right in the middle of it too. Since May, yeah. Oh, okay, well, it's a crap shoot. Could go either way. Well, I think this just means that somebody's going to win this week. <laughs> 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 if healthcare goes up, we're screwed. If healthcare yeah. goes down, random screwed. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a big winner or a big loser, <laughs> or a big winner and a big loser. Switches yeah. which that's and that isn't that the spirit of a good bet, right? Right. Yeah, might as well get it done early so that way we can enjoy the rest of the month. There you go. All right, there you have it, folks. We're shortened BMY. Random is long, N and B R O. We'll be back at you soon with those thrilling results. Uh, between now and then, we are going to have that uh, Rich Friesen release and uh, that Micah Castle. So stay tuned for those. Uh, until next time, happy trade. Remember, like, 
rate, share, subscribe, oh, all yeah. that fun stuff. If, if you're into that, if that's your thing. And just remember, the China Shop's brought to you by viewers like you. <laughs> like me? Can we use that or is that, uh, is that copywritten? That's, it's, that's public. That's PBS. We can use yeah. that. Okay. <laughs>